wants you to come inside her clubhouse. Join the fun, be part of the mayhem, or just listen in to the aftermath every Friday from 8 to 11 p.m. until the wheels fall off on Mutiny Radio. Dot F.M. The Marijuana Hits Radio Show is every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. on Mutiny Radio. There's lots of great shows for you guys to listen to on mutinyradio.fm, sponsored by altacalifornia.com. Please listen to all of our shows here and... But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Balkan Vulcan Show, every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. With live Greek, Balkan, and Middle Eastern music with an emphasis in theater, arts, and art education of the Bay Area. The show is in Greek, but some of the interviews are in English. And the Greek vintage vinyl that DJ Balkan Vulcan spins will turn your ears pointy. Tune in to the Balkan Vulcan Show, every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. on Mutiny Radio. FM. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 19... Permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. And family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement. Don't you fret. Simply go to MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to our podcast. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. I'm Global Val, and you're listening to Women's Magazine here at Mutiny Radio. We're an outpost. I'm an outpost here for the KPFA Women's Magazine, which is on 94.1 every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Great uh, 
wide group of women work on that program um, and uh, regularly contribute uh, to that weekly show on 94.1. I am one of those contributors, but I am here at Mutiny Radio every Friday uh, doing my thing over here, uh, holding it down in the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown, five generations, six generations deep, actually. And um, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to come at you here from the from the uh, studios of Mutiny Radio on 21st and Florida Streets. And at the 3 o'clock hour, you can come down and join us right here at 21st and Florida for the Common Thread Collective Open Mic, Community Open Mic, politics, poetry, music, activism, awesomeness, all those good things. Um, so uh, we've got a few different uh, topics I want to talk to you about today, but first, I feel like it's a radio show, so we should start with some music. Uh, I'm going to play some music from Bonfire Madigan. Um, you should check her out, um, a badass punk cellist, uh, among other things. And so um, I'm going to play a song of hers called Mad Skywriting. Hope you enjoy it.
Mad Skywriting from Bonfire Madigan. Check out her music at Bonfire Madigan. That's M-A-D-I-G-A-N. BonfireMadigan.com. And yes, existence should be enough, right, for all of us to belong. It's all about the love. And uh, that's what we like to promote here on Mutiny Radio. And uh, today, talking about being enough, uh, just existing, being enough to have rights and uh, privacy, uh, and especially in the United States of America, where we have traditionally prided ourselves in our rights and our privacy. Of course, we've seen those rights get whittled away over the past, well, it's been been getting whittled away for quite a while now. That was kind of hard to say. I'm not going to try to say that again. Um, But we definitely see a a big surge, it appears, uh, attacking women, uh, women's rights, women's access to health care. Um, and we see that most most prevalently, and even in mainstream media right now, about the attacks on Planned Parenthood, um, which, of course, serves uh, men and women across the country, low-income um, 
health services. It's it's not just an abortion clinic, as right wing extremists uh, would have you, uh, you know, have people believe. Um, actually, only three percent of their procedures that they perform are abortions, and we have to remember that abortion is legal and protected by the Constitution of the United States. So uh, e- even even to put that argument in, in there is, is, you know, well, it's obviously what people get upset about. So we have to talk about it. Um, but anyhow, Planned Parenthood does a, offers so many services, uh, STD screenings, um, uh, birth control, and even even just kind of regular uh, health checkups, um, and and it's and it's proven to be so vitally important for um, especially women across the country. But like I said, also men as well can go as and uh, and get their services. But Planned Parenthood has been under massive attack for years. But currently, um, there was this big scandal from a, a couple months back where this really strangely edited video had shown um, these kind of under cover people who had gone into a Planned Parenthood to try to broker a deal to get um, fetus tissue, right? And so all, and then these these videos came out, and of course people like to believe what they see um, and uh, often don't follow up to actually see, but these videos have been, you know, debunked, um, defunct, and shown that it was just highly edited and, and completely misconstrued. And let me tell you, as a radio producer, and even though my shows here at Mutiny Radio are live, I obviously edit my shows before I send them off to KPFA, and you can do a lot with editing. Um, I mean, I, I don't uh, tend to be manipulative with it, but I mean, even think uh, what when I think about editing things, I actually think back to Stalin um, <laughs> in, in the Soviet Union, um, and, you know, World War Two, post World War Two, where one of the common practices was through uh, early photography manipulation whereby you'd see Stalin and a a line of his generals and then next time you saw the picture it was the same photograph but one of those people had been liquidated eliminated um, and just taken out and then but it looked like exactly the same photo right so that was some of the early manipulation of of uh you know just in in terms of editing and of course we know these days there's so many capabilities so so this video this video that came out um has has been proven to be edited uh and and misconstrued uh as as some sort of fact that oh planned parenthood is selling fetus tissue you know to anybody who walks in the door um anyhow uh they were majorly attacked um by the central government um that was one of the big uh, one of the big threats from uh, the United States Congress was a threat of another government shutdown because they were fighting over funding Planned Parenthood, uh, specifically through Medicaid, Medicare. Um, so, flash forward to this week, um, and we see this attack continue, and in in really really just appalling appalling ways um so there's an article in the new york times that says texas orders health clinics to turn over patient data so i want to read you a little bit of that article uh three days after governor greg abbott of texas announced his decision to end medicaid funding for planned parenthood 
Texas State Health Department investigators showed up on Thursday at Planned Parenthood health centers in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and Brownsville with orders to turn over thousands of pages of documents, including patients' records and employees' home addresses and telephone numbers. Some, but not all, of the extensive records sought by the state related specifically to abortion. For example, Planned Parenthood South Texas was told to produce five years of records, whether electronic, paper, or ultrasound, ultrasound, concerning any patients billed to Medicaid who had had an abortion in which any part of the fetus uh, was removed or procured for research use. Um, I mean, this is st storming, uh, it's uh, storming the, the, the temple, right? getting medical records, um, employee records. Uh, I'll continue reading this, this New York Times article here. Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast was to turn over a complete copy of certain patients' records, including doctor's orders, nursing notes, and lab tests, as well as the center's appointment books, patient sign-in sheets, and contracts. Uh, a spokeswoman for Planned Parenthood of the greater Texas area uh, Sarah Wheat said, um, spokeswoman rather, she said, we're concerned about the breadth and the depth of what they're asking for. Um, the battle over Medicaid funding for Planned Parenthood has been at a high pitch nationwide since the release starting in July of videos secretly taken by abortion opponents posing as representatives of a biomedical firm seeking fetal tissue. The videos purported to show Planned Parenthood officials trying to illegally profit from the sale of fetal tissue, and their release has led many states to question whether Planned Parenthood should be eligible for continued Medicaid funding. Uh, the organization has said that the videos are heavily edited and that it never violated federal law regarding the use of fetal tissue in medical research. Alabama, Arkansas, and Louisiana have also moved to cut off Medicaid funding for Planned Parenthood. The group has filed suit to stop the cuts in each of those states. In Texas, the group has 30 days to appeal the Medicaid termination. 30 days. It's like getting evicted, folks. In the notice of Medicaid termination, that's Texas Inspector General for the state's Health and Human Services Commission, Stuart W. Bowen Jr., sent, uh, sent Monday to the Planned Parenthood affiliates. He said the state had determined that the group was, quote, no longer capable of performing medical services in a professionally competent, safe, legal, and ethical manner. The notices cited two reasons for that decision. First, they said that the videos showed that the organization had a policy of altering its abortion procedures to better procure fetal tissue in violation of medical standards. In addition, they said the videos showed people posing as buyers of fetal tissue being allowed to handle bloody tissue wearing only gloves in violation of infection controlled standards. The notices also said that the state had found a pattern of illegal billing practices that amounted to Medicaid fraud. Chris Coutrone, a spokesman for the inspector general, said he could not discuss the Planned Parenthood investigation or what the health investigators were looking for in their orders to turn over records. Planned Parenthood saw, saw, said it saw the record requests as a politically motivated fishing expedition and one more battle in the state's long fight to limit abortion. And the executive vice president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America, Don uh, Leguens said in a statement, quote, it is completely outrageous that Texas officials are using thoroughly discredited, fraudulent videos to cut women off from preventative health care, including cancer screening, HIV testing, and birth control.
So this is what's happening in America, folks. This is what's happening not just in Texas, but in several states across uh, the country. At least 13 states are enmeshed in uh, battles um, to defund uh, Planned Parenthood. And uh, it seems to be a growing trend. And it's a very scary one um, for women's rights, for women's health, and for our whole social health. Because if you're driving um, women back into the back alleys uh, for abortions, or if you're just keeping healthy um, young women away from preventative health services, uh, we're going to have an even bigger medical problem um, across this country we're going to have much so many more people who are in need of medical attention who can't get it and it's just this really really atrocious trend uh scaling back uh pulling back on rights and access to simple medical services and you know the rest of the world I mean, the reason I call myself Global Val, I've traveled, I've been to 17 different countries, and the rest of the world looks at the United States of America, and, and they're very humble and very kind. They're like, we understand, you know, we don't hold anything against American people. We know that the government is really um, making poor policy decisions and that uh, people are often disempowered. So, like, we've got this global perspective looking at the United States, which is something that the United States, I think, overall lacks, which is a, a global perspective. Um, but <laughs> it's people around the world say, I can't believe the United States of America doesn't have health care for its citizens. I mean, we're a country that fights over whether or not somebody should be allowed to go to the doctor. Um, that's, that's a pretty low... It's pretty low, folks. Um, so uh, however you may feel about Planned Parenthood, however you may feel about abortion, um, I think everybody can agree that if you need to go to the doctor, you should be able to. doesn't matter how much money you have. doesn't matter how much insurance you may carry. Um, if you need medical attention, uh, you should be able to get it. And if you're out there thinking, well, I'm okay, I have medical care, I have insurance, and so I can get access to it, just imagine if you couldn't. Um, so I want to play a little more music from Bonfire Madigan because uh, she also is an activist in the men for uh, mental health and looking at things with kind of trying to take labels away from uh, from uh, mental health uh, distresses and uh, incorporate and build community and that's what we're trying to do just build community build awareness and um, let's take care of each other shall we. Here's another song from her called Dishes and Spoons.
Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. I had to take a deep breath after that little rant. I try not to rant too much. Um, if you're listening out there and you find that to be uh, a, a statement to the contrary of what's really happening, well, get in touch with me. I'm, I'm uh, Women's Magazine with Global Val on Facebook, um, mutinyradio.fm, uh, trying to do this show every week. Um, but speaking of these these gross attacks on privacy, medical records, the state of Texas has been demanding from Planned Parenthood centers across the state of Texas asking for women's medical records, employees, home addresses, doctor's notes, lab tests, prescriptions, nurses' notes, um, ultrasounds, um, these types of personal medical records that the state of Texas is demanding from Planned Parenthood centers, a gross violation of our privacy. Um, but I, as I was preparing for today's show and thinking about this, I was sitting over in a, in a coffee shop in the Hate. I was sitting in People's Cafe next to a big bookshelf. And uh, there was a book on the shelf that was called True Women. And uh, I was like, well, let's pick it up here. It's called True Women, and it's by a woman named Janice Woods Wendell. And uh, as I browsed through it, it was ki- it's kind of a story of the different generations of women in her family. Um, but at the beginning of the book, she decided to include, um, this is a, a, a minority, a minority report. So this is, uh, back from 1868. So, um, from the journal of the reconstruction convention of Austin, Texas, 1868, um, the Committee Minority Report Against Women's Suffrage. And since we just had an election, I'd like to remind everybody that women have only had the right to vote for 95 years in the United States of America. And so this was the, uh, back in 1868, when women were already trying to fight for the right to vote, uh, which we know didn't actually happen until 1920, finally, um, through blood, sweat, and tears, to be trite, um, this was the minority report against uh, women suffrage. So this was included in the True Women book, and it from this is Texas, again, 1868. <clears throat> Sir, let's see, it's, it's addressed, right? Sir, Sir, we the undersigned members of the Committee on State Affairs. After examining the declaration presented by Mr. Mundine on female suffrage, respectfully present this minority report and unhesitatingly state that we are opposed to female suffrage. Not because we think them of less capacity than men, but forsooth, we think that by the very law of their nature, they are transcending above the active participation in the government of the country. And because their native modesty and inborn refinement of feeling causes every true woman to, to shrink from mingling in the busy noise of election days. They are conscious that they are exercised by keeping themselves in their <clears throat> appropriate spheres and by exhibiting all those gentle qualities directly opposed to the rougher sex in their capacities as wives and mothers an influence mightier far than that of the elective franchise. We are opposed to it further because we believe that the good sense of every true woman in the land teaches her 
that granting them the power to vote is a direct open insult to their sex by the implication that they are so unwomanly as to desire the privilege. We therefore believe that such a declaration should not pass this body of gentlemen. Texas, 1868. Texas, 2015. Give us your medical records, bitches. listening to Women's Magazine on mutinyradio.fm. I'm Global Val. Check out my blog, globalval.blogspot.com. That's G-L-O-B-A-L-V-A-L.blogspot.com. And I want to continue reading from a book that I've been reading periodically on the show called When God Was a Woman by Merlin Stone. It's an anthropological uh, look at the ancient goddess religion and the role of... uh, that the Judeo-Christian attitudes uh, towards women have developed, um, that have developed um, in response to a very, very ancient, ancient goddess worship tradition. Um, So again, sending out love to women around the world. Here is a couple little excerpts um, from When God Was a Woman in places and in a chapter called Where Woman Was Deified. Ethiopia and Libya. 
all authority was vested in the woman. That's the quote. 49 years before the birth of Christ, a man from Roman Sicily wrote of his travels in Northern Africa and some of the Near Eastern countries, recording his observations of people along the way. He was keenly interested in cultural patterns and was certainly one of the forerunners of the fields of anthropology and sociology. This man was known as Diodorus Sicilis, Diodorus of Sicily. Many statements reporting the high or even dominant status of women were included in his writings. We may question why he, more than any other classical writer, recorded so much information about women warriors and matriarchy in the nations all about him. He did not belittle the men who lived in such social systems. That did not appear to be his aim. Indeed, he seemed to be rather admiring and respectful of the women who wielded such power. It was Diodorus who reported that the women of Ethiopia carried arms, practiced communal marriage, and raised their children so communally that they often confused even themselves as to who the natural mother had been. In parts of Libya, where the goddess Nath was highly esteemed, accounts of Amazon women still lingered even in Roman times. Diodorus described a nation in Libya, in Libya as follows. All authority was vested in the woman, who discharged every kind of public duty. The men looked after domestic affairs, just as the women do among ourselves, and did as they were told by their wives. They were not allowed to undertake war service, or to exercise any functions of government, or to fill any public office, such as might have given them more spirit to set themselves up against the women. The children were handed over immediately after birth to the men, who reared them on the milk and other food suitable to their age. Isn't that an interesting juxtaposition, everybody? We were just talking about the United States of America in 1868. Uh, men opposed to women voting because it just seemed so, we'll argue, so beneath their, their, their moral standards that they would even want to be involved in, in, in politics. Um, now looking back at, at a commentary on, on 2,000 years ago, Libya, um, saying that the, the men had the same thing, where they were discouraged from having public office, you know, lest they come rise up to challenge the women. Can't we all just work together, folks? Come on. All right, I'll continue. Diodorus wrote of warrior women existing in Libya, reporting that these women had formed into armies which had invaded other lands. According to him, they revered the goddess as their major deity and set up sanctuaries for her worship. Though he gives no specific name, the accounts probably refer to the Libyan warrior goddess known as Nath, who was also revered under that name in Egypt. Egypt. In prehistoric Egypt, the goddess held supremacy in Upper Egypt, the south, as Neghept, symbolized as a vulture. The women of Lower Egypt, which includes the Northern Delta region, worshipped their supreme goddess as a cobra, using the name Uzazit, the Great Serpent. From about 3000 BC onward, the goddess, known as Nut, Net, or Nit, probably derived from Nekhept, was said to have existed when nothing else had yet been created. She then created all that had come into being. According to Egyptian mythology, it was she who first placed Ra, the sun god, in the sky. Other texts of Egypt tell, the, tell of the goddess of Hathor as Hathor in this role of creator of existence, explaining that she took the form of a serpent at that time. In Egypt, the concept of the goddess always remained vital. 
The introduction of male deities, such as the just as the dynastic periods begin around 3000 BC, will be more thoroughly discussed in chapter four. So I guess you have to go pick up this book by Merlin Stone, When God Was a Woman. This probably lessened her original supremacy, as it was known in the Elithic societies. But goddess worship continued in conjunction with this. The women of Egypt appear to have benefited in many ways. Diodorus wrote that at length of the worship of the goddess Isis, the Greek translation for Oset, who had incorporated the aspects of both Uazit and Hathor. Isis was also closely associated with the goddess as, goddess as Nut, who was mythologically recorded as her mother. In paintings, Isis wore the wings of Nekhept. Diodorus explained that, according to Egyptian religion, Isis was revered as the inventor of agriculture, as a great healer and physician, and as one who first established the laws of justice in the land. I think we should let that paragraph stand and remember that Isis is a goddess and should not whose name should not be taken in vain by a bunch of murderous mercenaries on the other side of this very small planet um, acting against women, against choice, against freedom. And freedom is what we're all about here. So here's a little more music uh, from Bonfire Madigan. I'm going to choose this song called Smoke Signals because that's what we're shooting up here at MutinyRadio.fm, Women's Magazine.
to pass, to pass No, I will not let this tear me apart You are my children, fuck yeah You are my little fucks And you, and you, and you You're listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val here on MutinyRadio.fm. That was more music from Bonfire Madigan, Smoke Signals from the Burn Pile. Uh, yeah, send up the signal, folks. Hey, I'd like to end today's show on a on a slightly higher note, a more positive note. Um, and uh, from a very odd source, the president, uh, President Obama, who I definitely do not like to cheerlead for, but um, President Obama on Friday announced that he had rejected the request from a Canadian company to build the Keystone XL pipeline. It, was, it ended a seven-year review that had become a flashpoint in debate over his climate policies. And I might add, from here at Mutiny Radio, we were talking to folks who are out there on the front lines uh, protesting the, the Keystone XL pipeline, um, calling in from the road uh, p- within the past year. Um, of, of people gathering along along the site to protest this gigantic project. Um, here's what the pipeline would do. So so uh, basically, Obama rejected. Um, he vetoed an the the he vetoed the approval of the project. This this uh, measure to, that would speed up approval, and he vetoed that. But um, this pipeline. This pipeline, this Keystone XL pipeline, was a proposed 1,179-mile pipeline, which would have carried 800,000 barrels a day of carbon-heavy petroleum from the Canadian oil sands to the Gulf Coast. That's what the XL pipeline is about. So um, thank you, President Obama, for vetoing that. Um, and uh, it, of course, it's in advance of a United Nations uh, meeting, so a summit meeting on climate change in Paris in December, um, which I'm sure a lot of activists will be out uh, to address from the streets, of course, um, and hopefully from the inside as well. Uh, let's Let's keep this global trend going where we actually uh, see that leadership, although it may falter in other ways, um, 
we can at least look at this climate, look at this planet, and try to protect what we have here, which is our life sustenance. Um, so I'm happy to report that news today that the that Obama vetoed the XL pipeline. But of course, that doesn't mean that the battle is over. Uh, surely a lot of uh, this, this project will still get pushed from various directions. So stay on top of it. But for now, let's say, uh, so I want to end the show with a poem that I wrote just the other day. Speaking of Mother Nature, Hurricane Patricia was the, uh, which hit uh, which made landfall this past week in the central Pacific coast of Mexico was recorded to be the largest hurricane ever recorded in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. And it built really fast. Within 24 hours, it, it like uh, over the ocean, it had gone up to like 200 miles an hour uh, winds. But then once it hit land, it, it, um, it dissipated in, in about half that time. So here's a, here's a poem from Mother Nature, Mexican Hurricane Patricia. Circuitous and calamitous, centrifugal and disastrous. Hurricane builds, crashes, and passes. North American mountains breaks its mass, and coastal castles of broken glass immortalize it in lore. Ruinous is hard to ignore. The history of these hills echoes in a breeze deep as the roots of trees embedded to endure, and memories ensure the grandeur of Mother Nature. I'm Global Val. Thank you for listening to Women's Magazine today. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like wanting privacy or uh, to protect the planet, just when those aspirations seem outrageous, Remember that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. Stay tuned for the Common Thread Collective coming up next live at Mutiny Radio. Peace. up here on mutinyradio.fm every monday from 6 to 8 p.m i am playing a compilation disc by a friend of mine named dj cheese you can find him pretty much every day of the week at brainwash hanging out mixing some cool sweet dub tunes um so we're just gonna be playing his whole cd in between so it's gonna be a little less metal a little less punk a little more whatever DJ Cheese is bringing us. Uh, so you guys are listening to here to the Joke Workshop on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Every Monday, 6 to 8, this is where local comedians come to try out their new jokes, old jokes, whatever material they want to run. Uh, at this point, we have so few people on the list that you can dump out whenever you want or I'll honk you at 10. Uh, because we might as well use our time wisely and give people stage time since we have it in spades tonight. You know, I don't understand that whole thing, having it in spades, because is it from the spades game? But you would think it would be from poker. I don't know. Um, 
Either way, we have it. Call a spade a spade. Here we are at the joke workshop. Uh, here's the thing about the joke workshop. Comedian goes up, does their stuff. Everybody pays attention really hard and like maybe takes notes if they want to be cool uh, or if they want to like really be helpful and the whatnot. If you actually are listening online live, you can give a call at 415-550-0511 and tell the comedian after he's done what you think uh, of his work. I say his because there's no hers today, so I'm not being sexist. There just are no ladies yet. Um, but so people pay attention to other people's sets. Um, and then afterward, we have two microphones. And when you give comments, please find a microphone. There's a third one up here with the little red bulb. And I mean, you can say really anything. Um, and help them in any way that you can. Uh, we've had people with really short sets have, do their entire set over for us, like a couple times, and been like, try it this way, try it this way. It's been interactive, it's been sometimes just people giving each other hints and, and tags. Um, it, I mean, it can be whatever you want it to be, honestly, so. Yay, Joke Workshop. Just remember um, that if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, you've gotta make the bread taste good. We're making compliment sandwiches here, so. Nice, fluffy, brioche compliments at the top. You put the shit in the middle, and then you close it down with another nice little something, because uh, we're trying to be supportive, unlike normal dickbag comedians. It's a little different here at mutinyradio.fm. So, uh, I'm gonna bring back the DJ cheese for a second, and uh, we'll be right back with our first comedian here on the Joke Workshop. Relaxing music of DJ Cheese here at the Joke Workshop. It is mellow in here. We're going to change that up right now with our first comedian of the night. Please put your hands together, everybody. It's Paul Sanford. Yay! Yeah, I always say that stand-up comedy is, for me is just like sex. You know, for them to say, do whatever you want to do, um... Yeah, that's nice, but are you going to help me? And, and how long do I have? And I don't mean how long is my dick. I mean, you know, I'm old. I need a little time. I need a little warm-up. I need a little cooperation. I need a little enthusiasm. How are you doing, folks? This room is... This, I'll, you know there are thousands of people listening to this right now? It is astonishing. And uh, look, i got to start out. This is my main question on my mind right now. Am I joking? Seriously, am I joking? When I get up on stage, do you think I'm joking? I told this woman that I was, you know, she was 
catch Todd out of the bit down, and I said, in fact, I'm suicidal. And she said, oh, you're having the piss with me. And I said, no, I'm sincere. She said, oh, yeah, right, right. And I said, in fact, I noticed that your, your profile picture has someone with a gun to their head, and I'm a little worried about you. And she said, how dare you worry about me? You know, oh, you, you must be joking. I said, no, I, I don't joke about suicide. In fact, I always say, if you're going to try to tell jokes about suicide, you should know what you're talking about. You should try it once or twice. Ha, ha, ha. But, you know, that's, that's what, you, you, you just sprinkle a few jokes in there. And she said, it's a doll. And I said, I understand metaphors, but are you okay? You know, are you okay? Did you notice that people don't ask you, are you okay when you're okay? They ask you, are you okay when you're not okay? And then you're supposed to lie. You know, so I bump my head all the time. I fall to the floor. I'm there groaning and they say, Paul, are you okay? I said, obviously not. I bump my head. But you know, I walk in and I'm feeling happy and good. And people say, Paul, how dare you be okay? You know, back up. Don't be, I'm bipolar. Duh. And they say, you know, uh, uh, you know wait, look, Paul, when you're happy, Keep it to yourself. And when you're unhappy, keep it to yourself. I, 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 these norms are tough. And I haven't even gotten to my act yet. Here, I went to the dentist today. My dentist, hi, nice to see you. And my dentist, uh-oh, I was going to do, well, there are thousands of people listening. Um, my dentist is Persian. Oh, no, you know about what's happening in the Middle East? We do not discuss Islam. We do not discuss terrorism because, you know, he's got sharp implements and he's working on my mouth and I can't even watch him. So, yes, I'm very careful what I say to my dentist, but the point of it is I walked in and the receptionist says to me, would you like to, I said, I'd like to use the restroom. And she said, take your time. Now, obviously, she doesn't know old men. We always take our time. We have to take our time. What part of benign prostatitis do you not understand? You know, I have to take my time or I dribble in my pants. I know you gun guys cannot relate to this, but, you know, it's coming. It's coming for you. If you live long enough, your pro... In fact, I was like, it said, it, it said uh, on the Internet, take our stuff and, 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 and you'll get a bigger sex organ and I took it and sure enough my prostate is that big see you laugh you know, but you've got a little walnut sized prostate but you know every time she gives you blue balls that's once your your prostate grows a little longer you see a little larger see and does blue balls blue balls are like PMS you know we got to respect that it's real but we don't have to talk about it all the time in fact I'm bipolar and I figured out that being bipolar is kind of like being on your period all the time you know I, I, I like you know you you know you're off but why inflict it on everybody else you understand? So I kind of align with women and they say, that's why women are better than we are. See? Now, see, I, I, I take five days off from comedy every month because it helps my flow. That's my period joke. But, you know, I, look, see, they're just silly jokes. They're just silly jokes. But the thing I was getting to is that my, the receptionist at my dentist is a hottie. She's a Persian hottie. She's got those exotic eyes. And I find every excuse I can to ask her questions. And, you know, I do the old man horny thing. No, I don't get horny. I get nostalgic. In fact, I go, I start going through the lingerie ads and I say, why am I lingering over these? I'm not, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm old man horny. And so I'm just talking to her. And, 
did you check my bill more carefully? And I'm doing just what you would do, only she would know what you were doing, and she doesn't catch on to me because there's no remote possibility in her mind that I could ever be so stupid as to be hitting... Look, I have to calm down because I always have to calm down because I don't want you to think this is Jurassic Park and I might come off the stage and eat the tourists. You know, I'm, I'm loving. I love you. You're great. You're wonderful. You guys are friends of mine. You know how I know that? Because I like you and you're too polite to tell me otherwise. <laughs> I, you know, are you, are you going to perform? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Woman walked in here. Beautiful young woman walked in here, and immediately I'm catcalling because I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, well, that certainly improved things. Now, is that catcalling? I mean, catcalling is really tough. Nobody ever catcalls me. Nobody ever says, Paul, bring your fine ass over here. No, and I'm working for more gentle catcalling. You know, but and people are very sensitive catcalling. I just noticed that a woman's shoes matched her purse, and three men, women pulled me aside and poured water down my pants. I mean, people don't like catcalling. I'm looking for, for nice cat calling. You know, if I say, I'm sorry, I'm staring, but <coughs> blame your parents that you are so beautiful. See, that's a little better, a little better. No, Joey, it's not better. No, Joey says, no, cat calling is cat calling. No, yeah. but you know, isn't there cat calling in which you put them up against the wall and catcalling in which you call from across the street and catcalling in which they have to get move the gun. I don't know. I ask young, I, I have focus groups. She's drawing blood for me and I say, you're a beautiful young woman. How do you feel about catcalling? She said, well, I think when you say thank you, that should be enough. Huh? You know, nice guy, nice guy. I said, do you like it? She said, well, I don't mind that much. But, you know, I think if you say that's enough, that should be enough. Stop. You're smiling. Am, am I? And you don't know. I don't. Do I know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. But I'm realizing if you're going to have women in the audience, somebody's. You know, like I say, I say men have prick privilege. You hear these comedians? They get up there. And they have prick privilege. They're talking like, "Well, I've got a cock, so it belongs in her mouth." You know, that's what cocks are for—is to go into women's mouths. 